Welcome in. It's Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Bergononi. As always with Matthew Betts, it's Tuesday, November 16th, and we're going to preview the Week 11 slate. Betsy, how's it going? It's going well, dude. Uh, it was a crazy, hectic week for both of us, it sounds like, especially for you. Um, I was really fortunate to book a W this past week because I was traveling. I was down at the Penn State game this past weekend with my uh, in-laws and my wife and wasn't really plugged in a lot over the weekend. So I feel lucky to come away with uh, with the W. Didn't have a great week in GPPs, but for cash, it was solid uh, as usual. But this week, it is going to be a little bit of a tricky slate, I think, because there's there's so many teams. Like We're back to a 12-game slate, and there's a lot of teams that I really am drawn towards this week. So I don't have an early lean of where we're going to go. Hopefully, you can steer the ship for us this week. I was thankful to get a W as well in cash. I felt pretty strong. And also, it was a weekend where I kind of got to give a little bit more time to perfecting my cash process. Might have won a listener league contest, which I'll talk about later. But yeah, big news for me was announcing that my family and I will be moving to Arizona at some time early this next year. So super emotional for us. I've lived in Georgia my whole life. And it's not going to change anything about you and I, right? Like, we're we're distanced and we're gonna be distanced a little bit more. You're Vermont, I'll be Arizona, but this podcast, it's gonna be the same, right? I mean, unless they fire me, I think so. Oh, sorry. I meant to tell you, <laughs> you need to pack your things. Oh, by the way, you're done. <laughs> what a terrible way to go out if we were on this podcast and just live, just fired live on a podcast. I wonder how many people have lost their jobs because of what well. Lots of people because what they said on a podcast, but yeah, I, I'm not really the firing type, so I don't know if I want to do that. But yeah, lots lots of stuff happening around here. We actually have some announcements we'll share in just a second about Thanksgiving week and Thanksgiving Day slate, maybe a special guest host later on this week. So big week uh, around here, Footballers DFS, but let's quickly talk about week 10, just reflect before we move forward and about the cash process. So who was the chalk this past week, and how did you build, and how did the slate kind of respond? Yeah, it was a wild week. It feels like this was kind of the week where we we always have these weeks in DFS where you just have so much value open up at the running back position, especially, of course, we had the Browns situation with COVID, so we got Jonas Johnson at a really cheap tag. We had Alvin Kamara get rolled out because of his knee injuries. We had Mark Ingram at a really cheap tag. We had Damian Harris get rolled out, so we had Ramondre Stevenson at a really cheap tag. You really did have to, especially in cash, have a couple of those guys. I think the chalk, obviously, was uh, Dearness Johnson and Mark Ingram. That hit. And then as well, because of those cheap options, it allowed you to spend up on some of those elite running back positions. Jonathan Taylor, he hit. So it was a a week where, even though there was a lot of good plays at running back, it kind of felt like if you didn't have those guys, it was probably pretty tough to have a solid week, especially in cash. Because, again, when the chalk hits and you don't have those guys... It's easy to get buried in those 50-50s and double-ups. I think Jonas Johnson was like 80% in that type right. of thing. So it's it's tough to overcome that if you don't play those type of guys. Um, so they were you know, obviously the best plays on the slate, and they hit given the volume and given the price tag. 
Yeah, the chalk overall hit at most positions. Now, at wide receiver, Mike Evans did fine, but I think he underwhelmed based on what the field was doing. In some of my 50-50s, he was near 60%. So Mike Evans was super popular. You mentioned Dernis Johnson being super popular. Mark Ingram, Dan Arnold, the postman, just keeps delivering. And this week, we might not even talk about him because his salary is above 4K on DraftKings, but the postman has delivered time and time again for cash. Proud of him. Dak Prescott was our quarterback the entire week. Like we just said, here's who we, who we are playing, and they smashed. They killed the Falcons. I mean, that game was basically over. So uh, that was pretty clear. I think for me, I was actually a little disappointed because I thought that some of my choices of what I wanted to fade were looking really, really good. Like I faded Mike Evans. I faded Mark Ingram. And halfway through that morning slate, I mean, those guys were failing. I, my, my lineups hit. And then it got a little scary once Ingram scored, Evans scored, uh, and Devontae Adams just didn't put up a ceiling game in that one. But I got there. And I think just in general... A lot of people were messaging me on Monday saying, hey, I had most of those plays in my lineup and I didn't cash. Well, realize most of the field played Dak. Most of the field played Dan Arnold. Everyone was playing those cheap running backs. So really, there's only a couple of different differentiators in your lineup that you could have done. So for me, instead of playing the Titans, I played the Lions and that saved me a little cash and I got to get up to Dalvin, which I think Dalvin and Jonathan Taylor helped me differentiate myself from the crowd. So what would you give it? just as some advice for people who are like, Hey, I played like five of those guys and it didn't work out for me. Yeah. And cash, especially in those like 50 fifties and double ups, I'm not trying to get different. So if there looks like there's a chalky play, that is a good play, play that play. Because if you didn't play Dearness Johnson, you're done. If you didn't play Mark Ingram, you may have been okay, but chances are you were done. So I know a couple of people are kind of asking like, Oh, I played this guy. I played that guy that were more tournament plays. That's fine. Do that in a tournament, but don't try to get cute in 50-50s and double-ups or even in head-to-heads. Again, I, I talked about this in the summer. Let our opponents make the mistake. I had someone show up to a cash head-to-head with me with Tyler Lockett in cash, Mike Williams in cash. Like Your opponents will make mistakes. You don't be, want to be the one doing that. This is not the time to call your shot in a head-to-head. So you know, this is really the, the, the play the best plays type of approach in 50-50s and double-ups. And if you're doing that, most often it's going to work out for you, especially because, again, when the field is playing that player at such an elevated you know, roster percentage, if you don't have them, you can get buried pretty easily. And just remember, we're giving a pool of players that we think you can fit in your lineup. So it's kind of a mix and match. So for me, I looked at Mark Ingram and I said, hey, do I want to have two cheap running backs? I know they're going to be chalk. Well, if I'm not going to have that, I need somebody in my lineup that I can count on for 20 points. And so for me, the, the, the kind of opportunity cost was to go up to Dalvin. And I was fortunate enough uh, to make that decision. So get a pool of players. We liked a number of running backs last week. And there's a couple of running backs this week that are in that 5K range that are enticing as well. Uh, AJ Dillon, we'll talk about him. He's kind of the big story this week in DFS. So uh, make sure you have a pool of players and mix and match throughout the week. A couple of big announcements. We Every week we talk about the DFS pass and I want to hype up the DFS pass because one of our proudest moments of the DFS calendar each year is the Thanksgiving Day slate. I mean, it's its own slate of three games and we love it. Like we get to preview it. So next week, starting next week, our Tuesday podcast that normally Bets and I do a preview podcast will be solely devoted 
to Thanksgiving. So we'll preview those games. We'll talk about how to stack it. And it's super fun because you kind of get exposure to players that we usually don't talk about. Like we know we're going to talk about the Lions and figure out different ways of how you get different than the field. So a three game slate is just very different than, you know, a showdown or, you know, main slate. So that's going to be super fun. That comes out on Tuesday. And then our Friday show next week will be devoted solely to the main slate. It's just, it's hard during a, a week of family and vacation to devote anything else. So Tuesday will be Thanksgiving, Friday will be main slate, but any words about Thanksgiving for you? I mean, what a day. You're sitting there, <laughs> you just you ate so much, probably too much, and then we have three games on national TV of football, and there's no better combination than overeating, as we do in America, watching football, as we do in America, and sweating DFS with your family next to you in America. It is great. And Dan Campbell is going to be on our TV. So it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm excited for that show. Last year was a lot of fun. We will also have probably similar style write-ups in the DFS pass for the Thanksgiving slate. Last year, I did like my cash game pool, and I think maybe you did the tournament type of situation. But we'll probably have a little bit of that in there. So get the DFS pass. And then because the week is crazy, because there's so much happening with the holiday our content may be a little slower to come out in the DFS pass based on when you're used to having it come out. So if it's not up there at the usual time on a Thursday because of the holiday, it'll be up there Friday. But we will get you covered, get you ready for the main slate, and then as well for that Turkey Day showdown slate. Yeah, and the teams, just so you just so you know, just so you can mentally prepare yourself for next week for Thanksgiving, the early game is the Bears and the Lions. Woohoo! Ooh, that's going to be fun. And then 4.30 game Eastern time is Raiders and Cowboys. That one will be a fun one. But... That evening, we get the Bills and the Saints. So it's going to be a fun slate. And you have to figure out, like, clearly Josh Allen's the best quarterback on the slate. But do you get value if you go somewhere else? So we'll talk about that. It's going to be a fun way to look at the week. And then one more announcement. Betts will be out of town this weekend. And so he's decided to remove himself and instead have a giant, large man join our podcast. We're talking about Big Shimmy. (laughs) <laughs> Did I just call Jason fat? <laughs> I'm not going to comment on any of that other than to confirm, yes, the big shimmy himself will be here for Friday. I will be uh, on a golf trip, actually, chasing a white ball around a course, probably losing a lot of those, uh, which should be a ton of fun. So Jason will be here to fill in for me and uh, and get you guys ready to go, which I'm excited to listen to the show with you and, and the big shimmy. So it should be a great one. I, I found this clip of big shimmy Jason earlier on in the offseason was talking about running back prospects and he just was comparing himself to Ramondre Stevenson which I think it's a very timely thing but it had me rolling laughing because Jason said uh, that Ramondre is soups fat I felt bad for his jersey and he said he was pretty fascinated with him so (laughs) number of good uh, big shimmy puns but yeah that show is going to be super fun that'll come out on Friday so excited for you guys to be with us Let's talk about the main slate. State of the main slate. Each week, Betts and I refer to the lines at DraftKings Sportsbook. It's where we play. You can go to sportsbook.draftkings.com. And a number of you guys checked in with us this week just to see our emotional health because there was a wager that we brought up a couple of times on the show and we can officially put it to bed. So that's kind of our down one this week. I'll let you... uh, I'll let you throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a tie? <laughs> it's going to kill our, our bet. 
We no. had the Lions, or really any team. It was any team to go 0 and 17. I think the odds were like plus 2,700 or something ridiculous. Yes. And if you told me it was alive going into week 10, I'd say that's a pretty good bet. But Mason Rudolph, you couldn't beat the Lions. You couldn't do it for us. You had to go to overtime and tie. So the bet is dead. The money is gone. <sighs> Sad times. I appreciate that you guys checked on us because when you saw the tie, you're probably like, oh, their their bet's dead. But just so you know, those are we're not counting on that. I'm not counting on that bet to win. It's actually I really was. long odds. <laughs> Dude, I was not. There's, I mean, the Lions, what, had two games that they lost that they should have won earlier in the year? Yeah, Football's probably. weird. Yeah. Football's weird, and just because there are teams that stink, Texans, Lions, Jets, maybe the Falcons, the, just because those teams stink, they could really win against a lot of different teams. Like, it's totally possible. So you've seen this year teams that you thought would just be a smash play and win. I mean, the Jets beat the Titans. Don't forget that. The Jets somehow beat the Titans earlier this year. So give me one that's heading in the right direction. Yeah, I'm going to go two for this one. I'm going to be a little more positive on this note. Um, the Chiefs are back, I think, question mark. I'm not sure. But I talked about this last week, and I said, man, things look rough. And about a month ago at this point, five weeks, uh, they were like plus, I, I forget what the odds were. They were great odds to win the AFC West. And I thought maybe they could turn it around. They come out, hello, Pat Mahomes, 400 yards, five touchdowns on Sunday Night Football. They are back in the driver's seat. They are now the odds-on favorite to win the AFC West. So that is looking good. And then I also want to point out, we both have a wager on the Cowboys to be the highest-scoring offense in football. Sorry, Kyle. They just destroyed the Falcons in, what, two quarters? The game was over, maybe even earlier. Um, hung 40-plus on them. So I just want to point out with both those teams, especially in DFS, nothing is ever as bad or as good as it may seem. Right, like for three weeks in a row, it was what's wrong with the Chiefs? What's wrong with the Chiefs? Oh, the Cowboys should smash against the Broncos. They were awful. Are the Cowboys even good? Like, there's so much that changes week to week, and there's such volatility that if you get stuck in that, I think it will negatively affect your process. So, trust good offenses, trust these teams. Clearly, they bounced back, and, and both those offenses did in such a huge way last week. And they play each other this week. So, we will preview those two teams. We'll talk about that game and how to handle it. I'll just say I have one that has been resurrected from the dead. I have a wager of George Kittle over 900 receiving yards. And after him missing, what, four games? It was just basically dead. Just like, okay, I wrote that one off. I actually started clearing it out of my spreadsheet. The dude is coming alive. And not just for this wager, but for my best ball shares where I went massively overweight. I mean, I gained so many pounds for this man. And <laughs> George Kittle is showing out. So proud of my boy, Kittle. Proud of him doing that. But yes, go to sportsbook.draftkings.com to be a part of that. But let's preview the games this week that are over 50. And there's not many. There's a couple that are right on the cusp. Yeah, there's really not that many. There's one that stands alone at the top. And that is those two teams, the Cowboys and the Chiefs. This is the game of the week, guaranteed to probably be the most popular. And then you look down below that, you know, they're, they're head and shoulders above in terms of the total on the game at 55 points. We have some teams kind of floating around 49, 49 and a half, 50. Right now we have Arizona and Seattle at 50. Green Bay and Minnesota is at 49. Indy and Buffalo also sitting right there at 49. And then Cincinnati and Las Vegas, another game sitting right there at 49. So I think it's a slate where 
there's an obvious game that is going to be very popular in DFS tournaments. And then there's four or five that, you know, you can kind of pick and choose from that one of those might get overlooked. And so I think it's a really interesting slot, spot for tournaments to kind of find a game or two in that 49 range and maybe get a little contrarian in there. We have some teams with some healthy team implied totals. And I think the way for tournaments, like you mentioned, it's finding that game that's in that 49 range and figuring out how I'm going to stack this because they're all stackable. Like there's a reason it's close to 50. Like we like both sides. I mean, all those offenses, I could easily see ourselves stack it. It's just finding who's going to actually keep pace because the worst thing is to find one of these games at 49. And let's just say you're picking Buffalo and the Colts. And you're saying, all right, well, Josh Allen stacks and I'm going to bring it back with somebody from the Colts side. Well, if the Colts fail to get there, then that game fails to get there and you're, you're done. So it's really picking the right game in that 49 range. So apart from that Kansas City Dallas game, which one do you think is going to be popular in terms of stacking? Yeah, I went with the Green Bay and Minnesota game it's a a spot where i think a lot of people are going to be really excited about Devontae adams against a bad viking secondary so naturally it creates a situation where if you want to play Devontae, you look right at dalvin cook you look right at justin jefferson adam thiel and there's always guys in play for a stack situation there and you know i know that you're going to talk about this with Devontae, but he smashed against the vikings in the past so i do think that's going to be one that's pretty popular i will say that total has already been bet down not a lot just half a point but monitor that throughout the week. It started at 49 and a half. It is now down to 49. So if that keeps going in the wrong direction, maybe it's a spot to pivot away from the Packers and the Vikings. That's probably my favorite game because there's high-end pieces. A.J. Dillon's going to be super popular, not just because of his price, but because there's something in DFSers that say, I have to play backup running backs. Like I, w- I almost like playing them more than studs because there's like a relative value. So A.J. Dillon is going to drive that game. You obviously have the pieces on the Vikings side, Devontae Adams. It's just, that's going to be the game. I do want to throw out Indianapolis and Buffalo because Indianapolis is an offense that we've bought into and they've been on a roll the last six weeks. Buffalo showed up last week. Josh Allen is in another spot to completely smash against the Colts who have allowed the most passing touchdowns in the league. So when people look at that game, They will see Josh Allen, they'll see that green number next to his name, and they'll see it with a lot of other pieces on the on the Buffalo side. So I like that game. There's a lot of trap spots. There's just a lot of dudes on the Buffalo side where it could go to Sanders, it could go to Beasley, it could go to Diggs. They have three running backs now. So there's a lot of different pieces there. But that's a game definitely to monitor. What would you say is the sneakiest game on this slate? Yeah, I like the Cincy and Las Vegas game a lot as of Tuesday. And the situation for that for me really is because, you know, the Bengals were a team in the preseason everyone was extremely excited about. You've got Jamar Chase, you've got Tyler Boyd, you've got T. Higgins, and they I think we all thought Joe Burrow would continue to just throw, throw, throw like they did last week. That is slowly coming back. And I feel like a broken record on this podcast talking about how that's happening and how they're trending in that way. Both of these teams since week seven are top five in pass rate over expectation, that courtesy of Mike Leone with ETR. So you have two teams that are going to throw the football and you've got two teams with a lot of playmakers that we like. Obviously, Darren Waller on the Raiders side, you know, people love Jamar Chase. Um, T Higgins is in a, a good spot with his price range. So that's a spot that I'm really excited about. 
I feel like if there's one game that's going to get lost in the shuffle this week, it might be that one. And if that's the case, I'll be pretty excited to play it in tournaments. If you go back through our roster percentage report, T. Higgins is above 15% in tournaments like five weeks in a row. They're just not moving his salary at all despite his target share, and he's due for some touchdowns. So T. Higgins, I every week I put him in my player pool for cash, and I think he's made it in there, my lineup, probably like three out of the last five weeks. Like he's always in that mix. So I like T. Higgins. I even like this spot for Joe Mixon, which we'll talk about who we like at running back. But I'm going to mention Baltimore and Chicago. At first glance, it sounds like a defensive struggle, but these defenses are not good. This isn't like from five years ago. These defenses are really, really bad. Baltimore has given up a ton in the air. And later on, I just want to throw out his name now so it can just kind of marinate with you. I kind of like Justin Fields this week. Okay. I kind of like Allen Robinson. So let's do this. Yeah. I feel like we were just like showing our cards and, but yeah. Wow. I didn't even know this. This this feels good. Wow. This is a great podcast already. (laughs) We're here, man. We're here. All right. Which game do you want to be underweight? Yeah. This Arizona Seattle game is tricky on the Cardinals side of the ball. They have a quarterback situation that is unsure for right now obviously if kyler murray is healthy you'd say okay he's going to start and that elevates the offense but we need to think about this from a context standpoint the team goes on by in week 12 i think there's a real chance they hold kyler out one more week just get him healthy for the playoff run which is coming up for the cardinals same story with deandre hopkins so if we have one of or uh, both those guys out it's going to lower the ceiling in the game in general and then on the seattle side of the ball Our boy, Pete Carroll. I mean, what do you got? If you lose a game, what do you have to do? You have to go back to the running game. You have to do it. That's the only way to get right. (laughs) He was asked after the game about the offense and kind of what went wrong and what went right. His quote was, we averaged more than four yards a carry. We need to run it more, end quote. So you have potentially an offense on the the, uh, the Cardinal side without playmakers. And you have Pete Carroll with his white new balances who wants to run the ball with Alex Collins and Chris Carson with a banged up neck. It could just be one of those like 20 to 17 games or something gross like that. So I right now I have zero interest in that game. Of course, we could see a change if Kyler plays and those kind of things. But right now, it just looks like a spot to stay away from in tournaments, despite the 50-point total. I am down with that take. I'm going to say New Orleans and your Eagles is a game that just feels like it's going to be 21 to, I don't know, 16 like something something gross so both those teams have pretty good pass defenses and philly might have miles sanders back soon but i just i just can't see a scenario where they go back and forth where trevor simeon and jalen hurts are going to have to throw it more than i don't know 25 times like it's just it just feels like a low passing volume game so maybe a couple of pieces we'll talk about but definitely a game i will be underweight on Really quickly, give me the team you are most confident hits their over. I like Baltimore this week. You talked about that game. They've got a 25.8 total taking on the Bears. You just trust a great head coach in John Harbaugh coming out of a mini bye week after getting embarrassed on Thursday night against the Dolphins, against Matt Nagy. Huge head coaching mismatch. I trust Lamar in this one. Give me the Ravens to go over 25.8. I'm going to go with the Bengals who have a 25 point team implied total. They've hit and surpassed their team implied total in four of five road games. Coming off the bye, I just trust the Bengals this week and their offense to show up on the road. All right, which team are you most confident hits the under? 
Yep, just talked about it with Seattle. They are at 24 points. I will take the under against a good Cardinals defense, especially if Pete Carroll insists on first and 10, run the ball, second and eight, run the ball. I'm going to go with Jacksonville. They play San Francisco, who just was you know part of that Monday night game where they went bananas. So I think people might be a little excited and say, ooh, maybe I can get some cheap options here and stack that game. Jacksonville games have hit the under in seven of their last eight, gross. They've surpassed their team implied total this year twice by a half a point and one and a half points. So basically, you're asking the Jaguars to do something they haven't done the entire year and to score more than 20 points. And I just don't see that happening. So sure, you can play some Dan Arnold. I don't mind James Robinson. But other than that, this is just a game you don't want to be a part of. But let's talk about who stands out salary-wise. Salary standouts. We are back to a slate where you can pretty much do whatever you want. And I can't tell you you're crazy, especially at the quarterback position. There's even some values this week. I feel like the salaries as a whole are just not as elevated as we're used to this point in the season. So with Mahomes, you know, we had that kind of stretch of games, about five games where it's like, is he really Mahomes? Then he smashes. So on both sides, Patrick Mahomes feels like a value. And I think he's our number one quarterback at the beginning of the week. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, huge implied total, highest total on the week. Um, you love the fact that they're going up against Dallas, who can certainly push the Chiefs to have to keep going and do more. They're top of the league in terms of pass rate over expectation. Like they, They're not really running the ball, so you love that. So there's a lot to like about both quarterbacks in that game. Mahomes sitting at 7.6K on DraftKings, and then right below him is Dak at 7.2. I like both those guys, You know, obviously in tournaments or in cash. I think both are very viable this week. Yes, I think those are my top two quarterbacks this week because of the game total. I think they'll soak up a ton of roster percentage. I'll still mention Jalen Hurts because for fantasy, he keeps getting it done. He actually looked pretty good, you know, in terms of real life quarterbacking this past week. He's only 6.8. He played the Saints last year at home, which is kind of a weird scheduling quirk that they both played each other. They're both in the NFC. He ran for 106 yards against them in his first start, if you remember that. So Jalen Hurts, I think, is cheap enough if you want to play him in cash. And then early in the week, one of my favorite tournament plays is Aaron Rodgers at 7K. Didn't have a touchdown this past week. Last year against Minnesota on the road, he went for 364 and four. So that's pretty good at 7K if you want to use him in tournament. I'm totally fine, especially if A.J. Dillon is going to soak up a ton of the roster percentage. I'd rather just stack it the other way. But can I talk to you about Justin Fields? I would love that. Please do. So on FanDuel, which FanDuel, you don't get a ton of value. A lot of the quarterback pricing is kind of scrunched together. He's only 6.8. So finding a starting quarterback with upside under 7K is pretty rare, if I'm honest. And on FanDuel, I actually prize rushing quarterbacks because they don't have bonuses. So his last two starts, he's been the QB 10 and the QB 5. That's pretty good. He's coming off the bye. And Baltimore, over the last six weeks, has given up the six most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So, tell me I'm not crazy. Cash is scary. Are right, you talking right, about cash sure. or tournaments? I'm saying tournaments. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, I'm down. Um, I, I like it. I think in tournaments, my approach usually is to try to get 
like get ahead of the curve and don't wait for it to happen, like play it before it happens kind of thing. We just saw Justin Fields have his best game as a pro last week. I mean, I think it's really interesting, especially if you think that the Ravens can have success, which I just talked about them hitting their implied total. So they should push the Bears. I don't think it's crazy. I think it's really interesting in tournaments. Yeah, and that's it's a tournament play only. Please, please don't play Justin Fields in cash. I mean, maybe it'll work out, but you're basically asking Fields and stacking him with someone else because with his rushing equity, you're just doing a skinny stack and then you're picking somebody on the Baltimore side if it's Hollywood or if it's Andrews and going in that direction. So I think in a tournament, you could do a lot worse and go bargain hunting somewhere else where you've seen this guy kind of do it. It's a good matchup and he runs the ball. So Justin Fields, early favorite GPP play. At running back this week, let's talk about A.J. Dillon. So he is 6.2 on DraftKings. He's 7K on FanDuel. How do you feel like the field's going to approach him this week and where are you at? They're going to log in to DraftKings.com. They're going to click the RB position at the top. They're going to scroll down and they're going to lock button him in cash. He's going to be the most popular play on the slate. But it's hard to poke any holes in this spot because Aaron Jones is not going to play. We've seen AJ Dillon be good for fantasy when he's gotten the ball. And that's in a timeshare with Aaron Jones. Now you're going to tell me he gets 20 opportunities, most likely on a good offense in a game that has a high total. I think he's good chalk early in the week, and I'll probably play him at a 6.2 tag. I think in tournaments, it's a little bit more of a conversation in terms of fading him and looking for how it goes wrong. But in cash, he's going to project as one of the best uh, point per dollar plays on the entire slate. Yeah, it's hard for me because I love Devontae. We'll talk about him in a second. Like I just, I'm over the moon about Devontae almost every week, but this week especially. And then also what complicates it a little bit further is Dalvin's 8.2 and he has destroyed the Packers in his career. Okay. He has five games against them. He's averaged 109 total yards and get this 1.6 touchdowns per game. So he's a very good bet to score a touchdown against the Packers. I like both of those running backs. So you mentioned that's the game other than the KC Dallas one that you're like, I'm I'm in. I want this game. So Dalvin, AJ Dillon early on, I'm like, ah oh, man, I feel so conflicted. My I think Dalvin's my person, a standout tournament pivot off of AJ Dillon. Right. Like flip the bill a little bit. My personality, just so you guys know this about me, like I want to look at the chalk and say, I don't want to play it. Like that's my initial reaction. That's my personality. That doesn't mean it's a good thing. It's just my initial bent. So when I see somebody like AJ Dillon that everybody's getting on, to me, that just means for tournament, I need to say, okay, how can I get different? But in cash, I'm probably going to stare it down just like you. So we'll talk about it later on in the week, me and Jason, and I'll see how Jason feels about AJ Dillon. But 23 touches this past week, you can't argue against that type of volume at 6.2. Like if he was if he was on DraftKings and he was like 7.5, I think we'd have a different conversation, but that's that's too cheap. But what other running backs do you like in that 6-5K range? Because there's a couple of dudes this week. Yes, I really like James Conner again in this game. 6.1K, his price didn't really move that much based off of last week's relatively down performance. He's still fine. He got there. He found the end zone. Um, but again, no Chase Edmonds. He should get a ton of volume. And we talked about it last week with running backs having success against Seattle. We saw Aaron Jones before his injury have a, a nice game. And then A.J. Dillon went bananas when uh, Aaron Jones was out against Seattle. So give me James Conner at a similar price point. Uh, he's too cheap for his role in this offense. Yes, in the 5K range, uh, 
Dave Montgomery is just cheap. I'm not saying that the matchup's great, but you know that he's going to get the workload at 5.5K, so that's pretty cheap. Elijah Mitchell's 5.8. We saw him Monday night. Like He's the dude, and he looks best in this Kyle Shanahan system. They play the Jaguars. I think that's great. And then I got to mention CMC because he's still under 9K on DraftKings. He's 10,000 on FanDuel, so that's a different conversation. But 8.9K and... Dude caught 10 balls on only 59% of the snaps this past week. So matchup's not the best, but CMC, if you're saving with Dylan, are you trying to spend up with someone like CMC? Um, I'm not sure. I think it depends on how you feel, like how strong you think the wide receiver plays are at the very top. You know, you've got Tyreek Hill in a great game environment. You've got Devontae. So it probably comes down to how you want to spend up at that position. But no doubt about it, if the build for cash games is obvious that it's going to be one of those wide receivers and not McCaffrey in a tournament, you just blindly fire away at a guy that last week came in at like six, seven, eight percent in tournaments at his price range. So if the same thing happens again for Chris McCaffrey, yes, play him in tournaments for sure. We used to talk about with Derrick Henry, right? Like when he's popular, you know, you play him in cash, you fade him in GPPs. With Christian McCaffrey, you just play him. Like you just play him every week. You just figure out where you want to play him. It just doesn't really matter. You're just going to play him every single week. Uh, Joe Mixon is the same price on FanDuel as he is on DraftKings, which makes him a screaming value on FanDuel at 7.6 at the Raiders. So I, I like Joe Mixon. I like the Bengals this week. I think you and I both are into the Bengals. So at wide receiver, staying on that Bengals theme, T. Higgins is just sitting in that same exact price range, 5.4. I feel like he's been... 5.3, 5.2, 5.4, like same price range. Target share is awesome. So he's a great cash play. Jamar Chase is someone that you could clearly play in any format. Uh, GPP, I think he could totally go off. So that's some of the early guys I like, but who else do you like in terms of values? Yeah, it's a really tough slate. There weren't a lot of names that stick out to me, especially in the mid like fives and 6K range. But I'll throw out Brandon Cooks. He's still 6K. I feel like every week he's 6K on DraftKings. But taking on Tennessee, I feel like we talk about it every week. They're just giving up targets to wide receivers. Tyrod Taylor is still there. So that's great for Brandon Cooks. I like him as a cash play in the mid-range. Also throughout for cash, Jalen Waddell. He's just been solid. Like 15.5 DK points and 9.8 targets over his last five games. They don't move his price any week. You know what you're going to get, which is like, Six for 80. You know, it, it's perfectly fine for cash. I question the ceiling on a GPP, but in that price range, I like him early in the week uh, taking on the Jets. And I'll throw out a couple of names that you might vomit if when you hear this. I see DJ Moore's name. I know how good of a wide receiver he can be. He is below 6,000, 5.9. If we get competent quarterback play from Cam Newton this week in a tournament, I think DJ Moore is super interesting. And then I'm going to hop on the Justin Fields bandwagon. Allen Robinson is below $5,000, 5000 US dollars on DraftKings.com. Am I ready to get hurt again with this, Kyle, or what? Because I'm ready to hit the button on Allen Robinson this week. Imagine someone explaining this to their significant other and say, hey, look at these wide receivers, DJ Moore, Allen Robinson. They were like third or fourth round picks. Here's what they've done for the last two months. Because it is like... It is so sad. I So Robinson, I see a ceiling. With DJ Moore, like I'm paying for a name that might get eight targets and three of them might be catchable. Against Washington, though, the matchup's there. 
and but it's Cam. It's probably going to be Cam, right? Yeah, it probably will be. I want to. I, I love DJ just Moore. The, the salary just stood out. That's all I'm going to say. I want to play DJ Moore so bad, and I have him in a dynasty league, and I'm just going to play him the whole year. Like I'm not taking him out of my lineup, but I feel the pain uh, each week. Amari Cooper, his price is still too low. He's kind of like T. Higgins. It's kind of stayed in that 6K range, so he's 6.2. But CeeDee Lamb's price went way up, uh, which, toot toot, man, CeeDee Lamb, we were all about that this past week. I wrote it up in that wide receiver cornerback matchup, say play CD Lamb in GPPs, and uh, he went off. But I love Amari Cooper this week at 6.2. I think you can play him in cash because of the game total. Kansas City actually does a pretty good job defending wide receivers in terms of fantasy, but I think you can do that. And then I'm going back to Cole Beasley. In PPR, 4.8, it's the right matchup for him. That's why I like him this week, and I'll preview that later on. But when Cole Beasley is set up against zone coverage, like or he's set up against Kenny Moore, who's their slot cornerback, like he's just set up in a much better way than he was in some of these previous matchups. Because if you look at his game logs, you're like... There's games where they don't use him and then games where they target him 13 times and it's just based on scheme. So I think this is one of those weeks you can go to him. But FanDuel has a couple of plays that I really like. Debo Samuel is too cheap. 7.6 against the Jaguars. All he does is produce. He's a man. And then can we talk about Devontae? Can we just discuss this man and what he does to the Vikings? So he's 8.4 on FanDuel. All right, last year, week one, I don't know if you remember this, at Minnesota, he saw 17 targets and he turned that into 14 for 156 and two. Not bad, right? Just another day in the office. Well, later on in the year, in week eight against Minnesota, he had 11 targets. He turned that into seven for 53 and three touchdowns. So last year, he destroyed the Vikings. I hope no one else sees these splits except for me and you. And people that listen, but uh, it's probably going to get is out. Exclusive content. No one has access to this data. <laughs> I mean, is he your top wide receiver play? Yeah, I mean, if they try to put Brashad Breeland on him, good night. It's over. Yeah, he's he's a standout play this week, especially on Fanduel at his price. All right, so tight end, tight end's tough because we're back to having elite players. Remember last week we said, "Hey, there is nobody good on this slate." There's like there was nobody. This week, you have Kittle, Kelsey, Waller, Andrews. Like, the whole gang's back. And Kelsey's a screaming value on FanDuel, especially in a game we like. I'm going to probably play him in tournaments on DraftKings. But where are you... I mean, is there a punt options that you like for spending up at all these other positions? To be honest, there's not that I like, but there is one that I think is viable, and that is Cole Komet with the, the Bears taking on Baltimore... I know last week, the Mike Kosicki goose on Thursday Night Football kind of came out of nowhere, but it was a great great matchup for tight ends. It still is. And Cole Komet has seen six-plus targets in three straight games. And if you're going to get six to eight targets for a guy that's down in the mid-3K range, I think it's viable as a punt option cash. I think in tournaments, it might be a week where you just pay up for the, the elite guys that can really separate at the position. But I think for cash, he's the name that really sticks out to me early in the week. You realize that we mentioned a bear it quarterback, running back, wide receiver and tight end. I don't see how this could go wrong in any way. No, this is this is <laughs> this is really good stuff. I'm going to mention Gerald Everett, 3.1. That's one of the better punt options this week. He saw eight targets this past week. He's involved. He's athletic enough to actually get yards after the catch. So, that's a punt option I'm cool with. It's $300 cheaper than Komet. 
Mark Andrews is 6K. I think you can play him in cash. You can play him in tournaments. I really like him. And then you throw out a name that maybe no one's ever heard of, and that's okay. <laughs> that is okay. Until now, this is your time. Um, John Bates is Who? an NFL player. Yes, he's an NFL player. He's on a roster. Um, the reason I bring him up, he's 2.5K, the Stoneman. And you know I love a good punt tight end option. Really, the play here is Washington football team might be without Logan Thomas, who's still recovering from the hamstring issue. Ricky Seals-Jones, who was like a fixture in this podcast for the past month, is dealing with a hip injury. It could be John Bates. He's a rookie tight end, fourth-round pick out of Boise State. I don't know anything about him as a player other than he's the stone man on DraftKings and might be catching passes in a team and an offense that doesn't have anyone besides Terry McLaurin to catch the football. So I'll throw it out there. I don't love it, but let's monitor what happens throughout the week. I only knew his name because in our dynasty pass, we kind of got to highlight him and he has some interesting like prospect kind of profile stuff. So he's not just a blocking tight end only, like he actually was used as a receiver in college. So that's as far as you're probably going to get to go. But at 2.5, what you're asking for, you know, five points, get five points, John Bates, do your thing. And I will say watching that game this past week against the Buccaneers, he showed up a lot more than you would think in terms of the way things were going in the game. So those are kind of our punt plays. Kittle's great on FanDuel at 6.8. Love him there. And then there's some weird quirks this week at DST. The Browns are the DST one. I mean, they're priced all the way up this week on FanDuel and they play the Lions. That makes a ton of sense. For some reason at DraftKings, they are just in middle of the road at 3.1K. So imagine at home, Miles Garrett against your boy, Jared Goff. Like that's not looking good. And Goff showed up on the injury report, right? Yeah, he was limited throughout the week or throughout the game, rather, I should say, with uh, an oblique strain, which for a quarterback is not good. So it, honestly, he could miss the game. And if that's the case, my gosh, just lock in, lock in the Browns and cash. It's David Blau, I think. <laughs> Do you remember him on, on Thanksgiving? Dude, he's years ago? He was awesome. Yeah, he was awesome. Uh, so Browns 3.1K, I think are a solid option. The Panthers at 2.7 in the Riverboat Ron revenge game. That's just a fun narrative. So that one's fine. And then on FanDuel, if you just want to punt, the Colts are the DST 23 on FanDuel, but they're DST 9 on DraftKings. So if you really want to punt, they're way, way, way down there. FanDuel doesn't do a great job of giving values. They price, I think they price defenses appropriately based on matchups. So uh, there's a couple there, but we will give our final picks of who we like later on the week in the DFS pass if you want more part of that. And then last thing I'll mention, our Ballers DFS League, ballersdfs.com. You can go there, be a part of DraftKings League. And this next week, you should try to try to actually win my money because you did it this past week. Battle of the Borg 2, my squad came out on top. You're such a nerd. <laughs> and and this Talking week, trash. this week <laughs> I, I can guarantee I hope you, you last. I probably will. That's usually how it happens. But this week, I will create some contests that are basically very specific to Jason Moore. So I will literally ask Jason, Jason, tell me what kind of contests you want. Tell me what weird ones. And we'll put a couple out there so you get to battle big shimmies. Battle the big shimmy. There we go. That works out well. I love it. So, I'm going to have my notification set up so that I'm guaranteed to get into that contest because that would be awesome. Uh, but man, what a week. I'm going to be out of town for the next, next four or five days. So Borg, hold it down for us. Big shimmy coming on the show. It's going to be a great week. 
Hope you guys have an awesome week 11. I'll see you next week, but you'll hear Kyle on Friday. Guys, if you want to hang with me and Big Shim, I'll see you on Friday. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.